Hey, sweet friends, my name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of Di Serrano and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now, as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success. I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Baking for Business podcast is an extension of that. From actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling. What are you waiting for? Hey, sweet friends, and welcome back to the Bacon for Business podcast. I hope as you guys are listening to this, that you are having an amazing day. Today, we're talking all about creating products that sell, which is one of my favorite. I love uh, product creation, product development, like bringing something to fruition. That's my jam. However, sometimes we think, okay, well, I've baked it, I made it. And then so that's that. And we don't necessarily think about a lot of other elements that go into bringing a product to market. And if you're a person that maybe you are struggling with sales, it could be because you have the wrong product that you're putting in front of the right people. Or maybe you have the right product, but you're not putting it in front of the right people. And so there's always this fine line whenever we're creating products. We have to think more about ourselves and our attachment to the item. We really have to be concerned with, does the market need this item? Does it reflect something that our ideal customer actually wants to buy? And have we even figured all that information out? So today we're diving deep. I have here and see the paper, tons of notes, because we're going to be talking about creating products that sell because I want you guys to sell your products. You have a skill set and a gift that is amazing. And sometimes when we're new, we struggle, you know, finding ourselves. Who are we? What should I be doing? How can I actually sell my products successfully? And is this even what I should be doing to begin with? And so today we're going to talk all about that. Products are really the lifeline of your business, because if your products are not selling, then it can get super frustrating. And while the creation process is just one portion of it, obviously I'm talking to the person, maybe already you've already done your branding. So you figure, okay, it's it's not my branding. You've professionally branded yourself. And branding, you guys, is much more than a logo. We'll talk about that on another episode, but it's your brand voice, the visual elements, and all the other things that encompass creating a brand that just really stands out in the market. And when I say the market, I'm talking about your local community, where people are actually buying from you guys. And then sometimes with people, it's the marketing. So maybe you've created created the product, but you're not doing the marketing correctly. Or maybe you are. You're like, okay, I'm marketing. I'm investing in myself. I'm showing up on social media consistently. I'm emailing. You know, I'm implementing all the forms of marketing that I know at the moment, but people still aren't getting my product. So let's talk about the product in itself. And sometimes this could be hard, y'all, because some of you guys have such an attachment to your product and you never really apply a process into actually bringing your product 
to light, bringing your product to the community. So today I'm going to go over just a couple key points that I want you to think about the next time you decide, should I do this? Because every single thing you see under the sun, and sometimes we scroll on Instagram and we see other people and they might be booked and they have like a table full of products and you think, okay, well, if it's working for them, then, then let me do this. Like if, if they're booked with all these products, then I could do that too. And the way we create our products is usually not with the right mindset. We're not thinking with a mindset of abundance. We're thinking with the mindset of scarcity. So we bury down our passions and the things that we want to do because we're so quick to want microwave results, right? We're just like, okay, well, if I see them winning and I saw them bake this, I'm going to make that product too. And I'm going to win. And it's not like that. You know, your product should be a reflection of you, your brand, your products should encompass a lot of different things. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, you guys, so let's get into it. And aside from just marketing jargon, I'm also going to tell you guys stories, just little stories, won't hold you long, but things that I noticed when I was building uh, my home baking business, my award-winning business, which I'm so grateful to have. And as I help my students, my private students who have award-winning businesses of their own, honey, I love creating products. So first, let's start with rule number one. Does the product speak to your ideal client? Now, the reason why I say this is because in order for the product to speak to your ideal client, you first have to know who your ideal client is. Now, if you're like, chef, I want to sell my clients to my uh, my my cupcakes, my cakes, my cocoa bombs. I was about to say bath bombs. But if you're like, chef, I just want to sell my products to everyone, then I'm, I'm going to challenge you to kind of change how you think. Maybe you've heard the saying, you can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And sometimes that's totally true. And when you hit the market, meaning that when you hit your community, you decide, okay, I'm going to be a business. You've named yourself. You've got a license. You hit the community. Offering all things is it a good way. I know we think, okay, if I can do everything, then I will attract everyone. But sometimes you don't because there are certain people in your market who are already kings and queens in a particular category, meaning that they've stuck their flag down, they're known for this, and this is what they do. And so sometimes offering what you see someone in a leading category offering already might not be the best choice. However, before we even go down that road, like I stated, I want you to identify, does it speak to your ideal client? Here's why everyone isn't your client. I'm gonna tell you a story. When I first started, I loved making pound cakes and it was something that I had a passion for. It was something that I grew up making. However, when we don't look at things from a marketing realm, there are tons of different people in the market. There are some people who will pay top dollar for quality. There are some people who love the way things look. There are some people who love just the experience that you get with the product. And when I say experience, let's think about Chick-fil-A. When you go to Chick-fil-A, it's totally different than McDonald's, right? It's an experience. When someone comes over the intercom, you know the customer service is A1. When you get to that window, right? What do you see? You never just see one person in the window. There is a flow. And we'll talk about products and processes having a flow, but there's one person that grabs your debit card. There's one person that'll hand you your drink. Usually someone else will come back and hand you the bag and they're always operating at maximum efficiency. 
And that's just so key. But you have to know who your ideal client is. And so, like I stated, when I first started, there were some people that I knew in my neighborhood. And of course, obviously, I lived in more. It's not as fancy as the neighborhood I live in now. But my products weren't for them. And it wasn't that they just didn't like the look or the value. It could have been that the price was out of their range. You know, some people we always talk about, I heard, I hear several people joke, you know, people in the hood have money, they buy Jordans and they do, they do buy Jordans and that might not be the best thing for them to purchase, but sometimes people buy those things because they buy into a status, they buy into an experience. They might feel that although I'm surrounded by this, if I save all my money, they value that brand. And sometimes that's why they buy into it because they feel like it gives them a sense of self-worth, which we shouldn't. We should not be buying any brands. I know that's not the best mindset to have, but again, this isn't a a psychology session or sociology. We're not going to dive that deep into it, but people do that. Some people are materialistic. Some people buy things that they can't afford to keep up with the Joneses. And you're like, okay, well, Chef, why are you saying all this? Because the people who were around me, they didn't get that same high from buying a high quality pound cake as they get from buying a pair of Jordans or maybe from buying a, a Lexus, right? So you could have the right product, but if I was to position those pound cakes to the people who were in my neighborhood, to the people who were, some were maybe just hitting middle class and others weren't. And I'm talking about way back when I first started, way, way back in the beginning of culinary school. I'm taking you back so you can fully understand this. So you have to know who your ideal client is. Those people weren't my ideal client. And I knew that. I knew that from going to culinary school. So I had to sit down and say and create a client avatar. And this is what I want you to Who is the perfect person that will buy from you? What is that buyer persona? When we think of client avatars, I want you to think of two things. I want you to think of number one, not just demographics as in their location. So I knew, okay, my client, the person who will want to upscale pound cake, this is probably a person who's a socialite, right? So not just, again, demographics, but also psychographics as well. What were the things that they valued? Where did they hang out? These weren't people that generally stopped and got their coffee like at a 7-Up or a Circle K. These were the women who were spending $5 every morning at the Starbucks or they were going to the local coffee shop because they had a mindset of wanting to buy local, support local. So some of you guys, when we talk about creating products that sell, the reason why you struggle with that product is because you haven't first identified even who that product is for. So that's the first thing that I want you to think about is, does this product speak to my ideal client? All right. And it's hard because I want you to take yourself to a place you have not been there yet. Maybe you have not walked into that room yet. But in order for me to get you to walk into rooms where doors are going to open for you, you first have to have that mindset of when I walk in that room, I have to walk in that room with something that that person's going to want. So I want you to not just create products, but honestly, your whole business. As you create your business, I want you to create your business for the woman that you're going to be in the future, for the person that you're going to serve in the future, for where you're trying to go. 
and not what's just around you. If I would have limited myself to creating products just based on what was around me or what people would want, I would be dipping Rice Krispie Treats for a dollar. Because when I started and I was struggling and I was in in the hood and in the lower class area, and I'm not ashamed to admit that because, honey, I could tell you God has brought my life a mighty long way. But when I first started, that was the only thing that was around me. So I had to see further than the projects. I had to see further than the people who sat next to me on the bus stop. They were not my people. I want you to find your people first because we have to make sure that we're creating these products for our people and not just for any willy nilly. And guess what? Them not being my people wasn't a bad thing. Y'all hell, I wasn't my own person, right? I was trying to finish culinary school. I was flipping burgers at McDonald's. If someone would have showed me a gourmet pound cake for $50, honestly, I would not have had the budget. And so that's why, again, I said, I didn't just want to throw out marketing jargon to you guys. I wanted you guys to really understand why I say it's because of this. You don't know what a person is going through in life, right? It doesn't mean that that person is not going to excel because obviously I changed. I'm, I'm nothing now based on where I came from. But at that particular time, I couldn't market to someone like me or someone around me because that just wasn't in a person's realm. Hell, I was saving for a car. Right. So buying gourmet pound cakes was not top of my mind. So rule number one, does the product speak to your ideal client? But also one A, do you know who your ideal client is? And then one B, let's dig a little deeper and be realistic. When people tell us it's out of their budget or they can't afford it, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you don't have a great product, honey. It just means we now have to find our people. And that I knew for sure. I was always excited about finding my people. Hell, if it caught me three buses to get to them, I pushed until I found my people. And that's what I want you to do first before you create that product is make sure you find your people. So number two, know what it is that you want to bring to the market. And the reason why I say this is because know what you want to bring. Not what you're scrolling on Instagram and see someone else doing, so you want to copy that. Not what people tell you is going to be successful. When I first started, people used to tease me all the time, even publicly. As some of you guys know who've been with me for a while, people have cut on the camera and said things. I can't believe she's a chef. And and to say she's a chef, this is all she makes because people assume that, oh, well, if you go to culinary school, that you should be making the best of the best and the largest items. And you should be decked out to the nines and fonded and gum paste and this. And that was never my jam. I've always been a plus size girl. I love a nice slice of cake. And so I've always been more into flavor and I've always loved alcohol because that's kind of what I grew up around just because that was kind of like my mom's one little thing. I share that with you guys all the time. It's on the beginning of this podcast. I started my baking business with a bottle of DiSerono and just one bunt cake pan. And so the reason why I say know what you want to bring to the market is because people will, you will hear people say, oh, well, the money's in this, the money's in that. And so what happens is that if you keep thinking, well, I got to do cocoa bombs because the money's in cocoa bombs, or I got to do chocolates because the money's in chocolates, or well, I have to offer wedding cakes because the money's in wedding cakes. And I know in hindsight, it can also seem when we set sales goals for ourselves that, okay, well, obviously, if I can sell, let's say two wedding cakes for $2,500, then that will bring me $5,000 a month. I would much rather sell two wedding cakes and get that $5,000 per month 
as opposed to selling 300 cupcakes and having to get that. So that could be the mindset that someone will have. But I'm also going to challenge you. Is it easier to sell the 300 cupcakes or is it easier to sell the two wedding cakes? And if two wedding cakes, and again, this is just an example. If that's your goal, right? Because these would be two big wedding cakes. What happens when you're not meeting that goal? Right. So when I'm talking about creating products that sell, I meet a lot of people who say, oh, I made two thousand dollars this weekend with my wedding cakes. OK, but then Monday through Thursday, their business is dead. And then if they're not booking clients and they don't have a wedding cake for that weekend, then they just went a whole week without making any money. And so sometimes those are the struggles that people don't want to share with you guys. You know, we see amazing wedding cakes on social media. And we're looking at a lot of the highs are people of people's life, as we should, because, you know, it's social media is supposed to be jolly and happy. But you might not know how hard that person had to work and to buckle down just to find that one wedding cake. And so when I say know what it is that you want to bring to the market, I don't want you doing things that you feel you have to force or that they take you so long to do just because someone else told you, well, you should do this because the money's in this. I don't believe that. If you have a strong money mindset, if you have a strong mindset, period, I don't want you to operate out of a place of scarcity. I want you to know that the money is in you. The money is in your belief system. The money is in your gift. The money is in what you have to offer. And so if all you have to offer is pound cakes, then honey, the money's in pound cakes. If all you offer is cupcakes, then honey, the money's in cupcakes. And don't say, are you sure, chef? Are you positive? Candace Nelson just put out a new book this week, Sweet Success, right? Million dollar woman, million dollar brand. And she started off doing bigger wedding cakes that she shares in her book until she realized she said she wanted to make something that people could enjoy every day. And that was what made her decide. So don't believe others around you when you're creating products. Number two, which is what we're on, create products and know what it is that you want to bring. I knew that I love simplicity. I like things like fresh flowers, dry flowers, edible gold. I don't like things that are overly decorated. I don't like fondant, fondant, whatever you want to call it. I've tried making it from scratch. I know someone's going to say, well, you, you've never had marshmallow fondant or, or my fondant's delicious. I don't care. It always reminded me of of, of being with a person that was circumcised. It's like you have to peel back a layer of what you really want just to get to what it is that you really want. And that just wasn't for me. So know what you want to do, because if it doesn't bring you joy, if it doesn't bring you passion, if it doesn't light you up, and I don't care who talked about me, those, those people who talked about me still probably to this day haven't even accomplished half of what I had. And I'm not bragging, just boasting, knock on wood, because it's only because of my God, because it was only because I decided to believe in myself. So know what you want to do and think about those things. Now that you've thought about those things, there is kind of like a fine line. And number three is make sure that there is a need for your product. So now you know who your client is and you know what brings you joy, and we're going to stick to that. We're going to stick to chasing what brings us joy, what lights us up, not what everybody else is doing. Is there a need for that product? When I first started, and the more I did get to know my ideal client, necessarily, they loved pound cake. They liked the idea 
of something infused. They thought it was different. And when we talk about, is there a need for your product? There are a few key things that we want to keep in mind. Also, number one, whatever product you are creating, do you know your USP or what's called your unique selling proposition? Because we want to make sure that there is something unique, that there is something different about us. And this comes from researching. It's okay to research, you guys, not with a spirit of hateration or nothing like that, but just to sit back and see what everyone else is doing, what's going on in the market. I know here locally, we have this bakery shop called Ambrosia, and they're really popular for these cakes that they call fresh strawberry cakes, which is just yellow cake that they have the cool whip tub of icing and then they dice strawberries. And so when I first started, people would ask me for those all the time. Do you make fresh strawberry? Do you do this? Do you do that? And while that could have been popular, I didn't offer those things and I was comfortable not offering those things. I was like, no, that's, that's not me. And then the, immediately after people would ask that, they would say, okay, well, do you offer cupcakes? And I realized that people did like cupcakes. They did like smaller things. My ideal client just thought that maybe pound cakes were a little heavy. And then so people will say, well, do you have minis? Do you have loaves? And I didn't quite like loaves too much. Although, I mean, hey, a loaf is just, you know, two pound cakes that you separated. I just always like the look of the whole one. And so as I got to talk to people, I was like, well, you know, I do love cupcakes. That is a me thing, right? So now I know my ideal client because they're telling me what they want. I know who I am and what I want to bring to the market because it was a reflection of me. I said, well, what if I could do cupcakes with alcohol, you know, and and keep that same thing just of pound cakes. So make sure that there is a need within the market. So as I got to talking to people and, and listening to people, there honestly has to be a sweet spot because sometimes we get so attached to our products. So it has to be something that you love, but it also has to be something that the market wants. And then in the middle of what you love and what the market is asking for, this this right here, this is your sweet spot. This is when you've hit goal. It's like, yeah, because people are asking for it. It excites you. And then there's a need for it. And what I found was that a lot of our bakery shops, they didn't deliver and they didn't necessarily make the smaller things because they always, again, focused on the bigger things. So there was a need for it. So always make sure that there is a need for your product before you create the product and label it and put it out there and say, okay, hey, I have this for sale. Let's make sure that it hits that sweet spot. So that's number three. One of my students does this so well. Her name is um, Jaylin. And she has a pound cake business. And part of also finding your sweet spot is making sure that you're inclusive with the items that we offer. Sometimes we create brands and we create products and we just might not create with other people in mind. And so she has pound cakes to Southern flavors, but then she also has flavors that she noticed a certain demographic that she was attracting wanted. And so she'll reach out and say, chef, I'm going here to this wine vineyard. What do you think? And I'll say, okay, well, let's, let's look at the demographic. Let's look at that particular ideal client. Maybe we can do things like pumpkin or maybe something like a bourbon versus a Hennessy or a cognac, or, you know, maybe something like a a white chocolate or a blueberry or a lemon versus, you know, like a seven up or a sour cream. If you can read it between the lines, you know where I'm going. So let's make sure we're real inclusive with the products that we create. Also, whenever we find that sweet spot and vice versa, 
So next, number four, is now that you're working on the product and you're creating the product, is this product what you can execute with your skill level? And this is something that sometimes a lot of people don't want to talk about because it's something that has to be said with the dose of tough love. I see people create things all the time and they're like, I have this for sale. I have that for sale. And it's not there yet as far as a creation or something that they should even put out there because they're still in a practicing phase. And that's okay. But what is not okay is you definitely want to practice and practice is the only way that you can get better. But we should be practicing behind the scenes. You don't want to practice on people. I tell my students this all the time, because if you're new in a business and maybe you're just getting started, you should have a focus group. You should get feedback. You should go through a series of testing and you should get that feedback from other people. But once you've decided to do this and to roll with this, if something is out of your skill set, you should tell people. Because when you put that out there, now people have what's called a perceived value of you. So they're putting a value on you and your products based on what you put out. And what you put out may not be up to par. And it's not up to par because you know better. And you know you shouldn't be selling that to someone, but sometimes because we're so anxious and also with anxious comes a little bit of desperation, we take orders and do things. And then when we struggle to get orders, I'm like, you're struggling because you haven't quite perfected that one thing. It's just that you were so much in a rush to put it out there. So it's kind of like you you half-assed do something. It's not within your skill set. You need more practice on that. But you're so just desperate to attract people that you're putting products and things out there. And this is normally why we don't get repeat customers. Maybe it's dry and no one wants to tell you, hey, this item is dry, right? Or are you a person that people are telling you these things, but you're not okay with accepting criticism because you don't look at it as constructive criticism. You look at it as everyone's coming against you. Well, I think it's delicious. Well, it's it's good to me. It's good enough for me. Well, that is great, but you're not buying it, right? So I, I've seen people put out cakes, wedding cakes that had like a bulge and they were sliding and they were leaning. And I'm like, you know, why did you take that order knowing that you couldn't? And then the people complain and then they're, can you believe they complain? And I did this and I did that. And I'm like, yeah, but what you didn't do was your best. And you didn't do your best because you're not good at this yet. It's it's not within your skill set. So this is what dummies are for. This is what donating to community organizations is for. You got to get that practice behind closed doors. We also got to think about time. So when you're new, let's say it's taking you 10 hours to create a two-tier wedding cake. 10 hours, that's a lot of labor. So someone might say, wow, 10, you know, that that's high. I can't afford that. And then you might take that negatively. Oh, well, they don't want to pay. Well, it's not that they don't want to pay, but it shouldn't take 10 hours to do something that can be done in like one or two. However, because when you are new, eventually you are going to charge more because it takes you a lot longer. So this is why it is important to practice. But before we bring this product to the market, all that practicing, you should be doing that behind closed doors. Once you've perfected your practice, then I believe some people might want to go against this, but that's on them. Once you perfect your practice, then you put something out there. Why would you never put out your best? right? You should give a person the best of you, not the mess of you. 
And sometimes when you're in a practicing stage, some things look like a hot mess and people don't want to tell you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And now when we notice that we're not getting sales or we're not getting return customers, sometimes it's because, honey, that product wasn't up to par. So when you're creating this product, is it what you can execute with your skill level? And if not, then what can you do to practice some more? Maybe it's a one-on-one class that you need to take with someone. Maybe it's watching a few more YouTube videos. Maybe it's just practicing behind closed doors. When I first decided, there was a time point where people were asking me for wedding cakes. They were like, we love your flavor. We want it. And I said, okay, if I'm going to do a wedding cake, every time I add something else to my business, I made sure that I perfected it. I said, if I'm going to do a wedding cake, I'm going to do these my way. They're still going to be very minimalistic. I will not touch any fondant. They're going to be spatula only, spatula designs only. Like you can get the swirl with me or I would design up or I would design maybe with a comb and then I put some flowers on it or maybe a drip. And that was that. But it still stayed within the same realm of other things I was offering. I practice. So I first I went back to my books. Okay, how do you stack? How do you do this? I gave away three wedding cakes before I even put wedding cakes on the menu. And then I even did a photo shoot for a magazine. And the reason why I practiced was because I wanted to know, okay, how should I load these based on the space in my car? I wanted to time myself. How long did this take you, Amanda? Okay, how long does it take you next time? How long did it take you the next time? So I had done three whole ones that I gave away, you guys. Yes, give. You can make money giving things, giving it'll be given back unto you. I promise. I practiced behind closed doors before I ever made the first post and said, we're now offering wedding cakes. You can get our minimalistic alcohol infused cakes starting at this. And so because I practiced and because I got better, how did I want to do the straws? Did I want to do the stick? How, how did I want to dowel? I came up with something I was comfortable with behind closed doors before I just practiced and put it out there just for anyone to buy. So is it what you can execute with your skill set when you're creating this product? All right. There is this meme that says, um, well, it's not necessarily a meme, but it's a saying where sometimes people will be like, you know, why did I pay you this if you did it so quickly? And then the person says, it's because you paid me for the time I invested. I only did it quickly because of the time, because of the hours, because of the classes, because of the courses, because of the things I invested that allowed me to sharpen my skills. So sometimes let's make sure our skills are really sharpened on a product before we just put something out there that looks like it should have been on an episode and nailed it. And again, I love y'all like a fat kid loves cake. But remember, you decided to be the business owner. And part of being the business owner is taking ownership and saying, hey, you know what? My skill set's not there yet. I need a little bit more practice. Once I get a little sharper, once I get a little quicker, then we'll put these we'll put these items out on the market. All right. So next up, number five, is the product aligned with your brand? And I know a lot of people that do this. I was speaking to a young lady once. She was new and she had this business and she decided to be at first she decided to be treats. And then she was like, oh, well, someone reached out uh, for me to do cookies. Do you know a good cookie class I can do? 
And I was thinking, you're just brand new. First, you said you only wanted to do this. Now, just because someone asked you to do cookies, now you're trying to rush and take a class. Like, why would you rush yourself to learn that you've never touched something, but you've said yes. And you've told a person, oh, yeah, I can do it. So, again, we go back to the skill set and the time, but also, is it aligned in your brand? Think about it. If I had a brand that a business that was called Baton Rouge Brownies and I made brownies and then all of a sudden, just because the brownies weren't selling and someone came in and said, oh, well, can you do sugar cookies? Oh, well, sure. That kind of doesn't align with what I said. And I think a lot of times the reason why we do this, again, it's, it's so close to number four with our skill set. It's just because when the sales aren't coming in, we start saying yes to everything just because we want to do anything. But then what happens with that is that we become the jack of all trades, the master of none. We never really stand out. So we don't have a unique selling proposition. We haven't really thought about having a differentiating strategy, you know, being different as we hit the market, or maybe we've thought about it, but now just because sales aren't coming in, we're so quick to jump ship. Some of you guys, you change things that you do in your business more than you change panties. Every other day, you're doing something different. Your name is is uh, Stacy's macaroons, but you also offer brownies and sugar cookies and wedding cakes and this and that. You've gotten away from who you said you wanted to be as a business owner. And so these products that you create, if they don't align with your, your brand and then you struggle to sell these things, sometimes people might not know you for being that thing if they've already gotten used to you being and doing this thing. So let's make sure that the products that we are creating when we're trying to create products that sell that are successful in our business, let's make sure that they align with who we say we are. Because when you confuse a person, you lose a person. That's something that I definitely know to be true. That's Donna Miller, who is an amazing marketer. Um, And he always says, when you confuse, you lose. And I love that. So you don't really want to confuse people when you're creating these products. Stay strong in who you say you are, girl. Have some faith in yourself. Sometimes, you guys, it's just that you don't believe in yourself enough. And I'm looking and I'm like, damn, you got tons of talent. If you're going to be the macaroon person, be the macaroon person. You're going to be the brownie person, be the brownie person. You want to be the sugar cookie person? Fine, then be the sugar cookie person. But don't jump ship when something sells. Let's start getting to the root of the problem and fixing what it is, as opposed to just putting a Band-Aid, Band-Aid on what we think is the solution and not necessarily digging deep. All right. So it's okay to change. Not saying you have to stick to one thing. Just make sure that where you're changing, you're changing for the right reasons. It's something that you've already mastered and it's something that aligns with who you say you are. Again, I changed. When I first came out, pound cakes. Again, finding that sweet spot, then it evolved to cupcakes. And then as I enjoyed baking and testing things, I didn't put something out until I mastered it. And once I more so knew, okay, my ideal client, they like things that they can just grab and go. They want things to be gourmet. They want things to be presented and to look a certain type of way. They want things to be delivered. That's part of the experience. They value the the experience in this. So it didn't matter if it was semi-homemade or not. If it tasted good and it lived up to their particular quality, they were happy. And so I didn't add on one thing and I stopped adding things totally until I first mastered something else. But I always made sure that it was kind of within that realm. My model is sweets design with adults in mind. And so the 
alcoholic take on it wasn't necessarily because there are some adults that don't drink. Case in point, myself, I'm actually not big of a drinker. Like if someone has some and it goes with a nice dinner, then that's fine. But other than that, you know, people always assume like I'm just some drunk that drinks all the time since I specialize in alcohol infused items. And that's not that. It was just one of the things that was familiar to me because it was one of the things that my mom uh, used to do. And we're coming up around Thanksgiving time as I record this. And so I'll also be making my ham with DeSerono and cherries and pineapples. Again, it was just a little passion that was instilled in me. But when I changed, I brought that same passion and that same theme over to cupcakes. And then when I decided, you know what, I can do virgin, but I still want to make sure that it's playful. You know, I still want to make sure that it speaks to my ideal client. So then it was the way that I named my products, you know, vanilla sex, uh, red light special, stuff like that, like even the menu. I made sure that it spoke to my ideal client. And so it is totally okay to be you and it's okay to add something else, but just always make sure that it aligns with your business name, your voice, your messaging, as well as your positioning. All right. So next up, now that you're creating this product, think about the productivity and the processes. Another reason why I love easy bakes, like things that I really like, things that have a one hour turnover is because sometimes we don't think about the future. You know, whenever you go to storefronts, there's a reason why at McDonald's and places like this that you see teenagers working is because the skill level there can be mastered by anyone of any age. <laughs> so whenever they create these products, they have to make sure, hey, you know, we have an assembly line. We have a flow in the way that things happen in business. Can people still be able to execute this, you know, without needing like tons and tons of expertise? You know, when you go to McDonald's, you can't say, oh, okay, well, I want something medium well. You know, there's no thermometers. They're not checking. So they have timers because they've come up with a process. If we pre-make this frozen and you put it on the grill and we smash it down at a particular timer, Everything's going to be well done. Everything should be at this temperature. You should hold things at this temperature. So it kind of takes the guesswork out of it. So as you're creating your products, if you have family members, if you have teenagers, if you have people that want to help, even in your kitchen, you know, as, as you move around, think about processes. One of the things I loved about cupcakes and other stuff like that was that I can create dough and, you know, put it in a freezer and grab it out. And for those who are listening, who are in my monthly group coaching community. And even those of you guys who are not, there's one thing that I'm very adamant about with my students. I believe in making money every day. I don't play when it comes to everyday money. And so I make sure that I help them position themselves in places organically in their community so that when people find them, they should be able to make money every single day. I had one of my students, her name was Megan. She does cookies. And she had just recently shared in our community. She had a 1k day, which is, um, a thing that I have in my membership, often imitated, but never duplicated, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. But it's one of the things that it's just like a fun sales goal that people like to hit because it just shows what's possible. And she shared, you know, had I not changed my mindset around having things available same day, I would not have hit her 1K day. And she's had a couple of them now, honey. And she's going to have a couple of them in the future. Shout out to uh, Megan and her husband in Texas. They're amazing just because of that little mindset shift, right? So she's prepared 
to operate out of a spirit of productivity to put stuff out so that she can get paid. Because when you're productive, you're profitable. And so what I want you to think about is, you know, a lot of times we get to a point to where we're booked. So what happens when you're booked, but you want to make more? You want to earn more. This is why I'm a a, a firm believer in, in classes too. This is something else that I just taught my members because I know that classes is another way for them to get multiple streams of income. I'm always wanting my students to get multiple streams of income. I want them to provide for their families. And so as you think about your own processes, how can you be more productive? Is there something you can keep on hand? I know so many bakers that listen and sometimes they're new and they're like, oh my gosh, you freeze cupcakes. I can't believe you can't believe you sell something that's not fresh. And I'm like, honey, it's still fresh. Okay, it freezing preserves just like canning and anything else. And sometimes when they come out, not sometimes, honestly, all the times they're more moist because as they thaw, that condensation is naturally going to go back into the cupcake, which actually yields in a very moist product. Just like you shouldn't ice a cake when it's warm. You have to let a cake chill. Things are best to be iced and to work with when they're cold. And so I say that because. Last week I had made a post and I talked about productivity and someone was like, someone actually commented on my thing and said, yeah, it's pretty, but it's not fresh because I had baked down my schedule. Here's the thing, baby, if you don't have a schedule and you're not being productive, only person you're hurting is you. You're now going to stop your money. There is no way in hell on God's green earth. I've baked for several big, amazing brands. Those who are regulars, CarMax. Uh, Exxon Mobil, my local hospital, Our Lady of the Lake. There is no way that I can bake for these huge corporations if I baked, iced, and decorated everything in one day. There's no way. There's no way. However, I also know that it only takes seven sales a day. I only have to sell seven boxes of cupcakes a day to get to six figures. So when I talk about creating products that sell, I now have a product that's ready for the market. It's so simple to sell. Hell, you only need, I think it's $274 in sales a day if you decide to work seven days a week. I believe $350 if you want to do uh, five days a week. But it doesn't, it only takes a couple hundred dollars a day to get to six figures. But now it's up to you to create products that can be made that can get you those couple hundred dollars a day in sales so that you can get there. Or like my students like to do, that can get you that 1K a day in sales. That comes with a little bit of planning. And so when you're making these products, that's what I want you to think about. So for those who are always like, I can never freeze. That's gross. I can't do that. It's not gross. It's science. If you want me to break it down to you, I have several articles. Please DM me. But if you're not freezing stuff so that you can grab it. And you guys, I do this every week. So nothing's ever really sitting no more than two or three days. Y'all act like I didn't throw some uh, damn stuff. Like I got all these deep freezers, you know, that's been sitting for months and years. No, right? But I think about the flow. I think about, okay, if I make this, if I make a couple batches of these and I put them in my deep freezer, I know throughout the week, right? Because I am doing the marketing and because I have effectively branded myself, I know throughout the week that these orders are going to come. So when you're creating a product, what's the process look like on that product? 
for my cookiers out there. I know y'all always think chef don't like us because we work 10 hours on one set of cookies. No, baby, it's not that I don't like you. It's just that I don't like how you limit the amount of income that you could be making with your God-giving ability by only focusing on things that take you so long to make, right? Because I want you to get the bag. But if it's taking you 10 hours to do one set of cookies, and then like many people, you're already struggling with pricing, then how can I ever get you to six figures? It's only one you. You're capped. The weekend comes, Juden took four orders, and that's all you can do. I'm like, <laughs> so to all my cookiers out there, what's something? Let's think about something real quick, because I know you can have that dough on hand, and I know you can pump out something. They take about eight to 10 minutes to make when they're cool, but everything doesn't have to be fancy dancy. What are some simple things that you guys can do in case you get a day of order? If I was a cookier, one thing that I would have is I would have probably I would do little rounds because a circle can always look like a balloon, but a circle can always look like a smile. And then that way, if it was someone's birthday, I would flood that flood those colors in to just make them look like balloons, one simple color. I know, I know, because with cookies, you guys love to learn 25 different designs. Sometimes bring it down. You can't do that. You can't turn around. So things have to have a quick turnaround time. So if someone wanted to come to you right now and they wanted something for a birthday, balloons are cute. Flood those with two different colors put a cute little happy birthday card on it, and then call that your birthday box. You just have to have products that you're able to put out where you think about your productivity and you're thinking about your processes. Now, again, sometimes people are like, well, if I'm custom, then why should I even have something same day? Okay, I get that. I hear you. You want to be custom, but just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. So there also is a balance because I know you want to be custom and fancy dancy, but when you're also telling me that you want to leave your job and you're also telling me that you want to do this full time and you're also telling me that even though you want to be custom and you want to be fancy dancy and you want to be the leading wedding cake designer in your community, you're not there yet. Then my job is I'm going to come in and swoop in and help you get some money quick. Right. You have to have money every single day. For those who are doing this full time, you're going to be needing to make money every day. And if you're unable to fill that or because there are some people in the wedding industry who are amazing, you just have to get to a place to where you're booked every single week. So if you're not booked and you're not there yet, I just want you to think about your own productivity and processes, because I don't want you to ever turn someone away just because you weren't ready. So as we work on creating those products, let's create the products that position us to be ready. Because guess what? If you stay ready, you'll never have to get ready. All right. (laughs) All right, you guys. So did you create the product for your ideal client? Do you know what you want to bring to the market? So what is your passion? Did you find your sweet spot? Does your passion align with what the market wants? Are you creating products that bring you joy so we're not comparing? Does the product align with your brand? Does it fall under the umbrella of 
who you said you want to be, who you are? Are we not confusing people? And lastly, are you thinking about productivity and processes? I know some of you guys are new. I know you're going to need to practice a little longer, but that product that you want to bring before you bring that cupcake line out or before you bring that minimalistic wedding line out or before you bring the next pound cake flavor out or you do bunt cakes, just make sure you practice behind closed doors. So when you bring it to market, that it's ready. The, the price is ready. The positioning is ready. The skill set is ready. And we're not just putting out anything because we're rushing, but we're putting it out because it has intention, because it has a differentiating strategy, because it's something that can serve the people that we want to speak to and that it's hitting that sweet spot. All right. I want you guys to think about all these things before you create a product that you want to sell. And now that you have created the product, let's make sure we hustle and that we market and that we brand that thing and that we do what it we do what we have to do so that it can sell and it can be successful. But the whole purpose of today's show was that as you're creating these things, if you notice that they're not selling, if you notice people are not responding, like I said, I don't want you to have the right product that you position and in front of the wrong person. I want to make sure that we're creating the right products and that we're pushing those right products in front of the right people so that we can have products that sell. Because I believe all of you guys have amazing passions and gifts and your community needs what you have. All right. So going out there, put yourself out there. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, do me a favor, tag me on social media. If this is going to help you think the next time you create a product, then I hope this helps you. I hope this blesses you. If you know another baker who needs this, who's new and is struggling, y'all, send it to them. Share this podcast out to them. And if you have not, then please leave a review. I love y'all's reviews. I read your reviews all the time and your reviews really, really do help. Your reviews are like a small way to pay me. So if you have not already, please review the Baking for Business podcast. It would mean the world to me. And I appreciate all the honest feedback and all the honest love. You guys are so awesome. I can't wait to see what you're working on on social media. So if you're not, follow me. Be sure to follow me at Baking for Business on Instagram. Instagram is my jam. I love to connect with you more. And DM me if there's any way that I can help you possible. Please, please, please send me a DM. I'm very personal straight to my DM because I want to help you win because I believe you're worthy of it. All right, that's it for now. Bye.